Hey guys, Nick Burnett here. Just wanted to kind of give some information on why I joined the Patreon, why I'm part of the Dynasty Warzone uh, team. Downloaded the Dynasty Warzone podcast. It took one day. Joined the Patreon. Reached out to Memphis about a situation with one of my rosters. And the kind of feedback I got was, hey Nick, why don't you give me a call? Uh, we went down my roster and he helped me pull off a couple moves that put me ahead when I thought I was going to be in re- rebuild mode this year. And that's just part of what comes with the Patreon. Uh, just tr- uh, trade talks, just good interaction with guys that love fantasy football. Uh, whether it's 10 o'clock at night or 3 o'clock in the morning, there's always going to be fantasy football talk, whether it's redraft, whether it's dynasty. I joined a couple leagues with the Patreon members, and it's the same thing. Even in, even while we're drafting, we're still shooting ideas at each other. And if that sounds like something that you want to be a part of, pause the podcast now, join the Patreon, and join a, join a great fantasy football group, but more like a fantasy football family. What's happening, everybody? Happy Friday, and welcome to the Dynasty War Zone. It is your host, it is Memphis, and I am flying solo tonight. Tonight's topic is going to be a little fantasy, free agency, new new faces in new places, part two. It's a solo act, I'm flying solo, no Jerry tonight. I was hoping that we would have gotten a lot more action between now and when we last recorded but it's not been great. We've gotten some names. We've gotten some rumors. But I want to get this knocked out of the way, this free agency nonsense, so that when we have our guests on Tuesday, that we don't have to spend so much time in free agency. I really want to jump into the rookie class and whatever jobs are left over. So I know we've got Linda and Troy King from the FF Intervention, I believe it is. And we'll have them on with us. I know Troy is with everything, and so is Linda. They're literally everything. I know Linda works with the Speakeasy. I mean, Troy is so so big and famous that that dude hangs out with like Matthew Barry. He is a baller and a shot caller, and I'm really proud of what he's done in a very short matter of time. It just goes to show you can get anything you want in this world if you hustle and you grind. So mad props to Troy over at T-King Mode. And then Linda, you know what? I'm going to send her some Cyber Trulies so uh, we can have a good time on Tuesday. Stick around for that. So just real quick, want to thank everybody for the five-star reviews on the podcast. This, along with subscribing and sharing the show on social media, on Facebook. I know Instagram gets a little weird because you got to do it via like Spotify and you can only do it in your Instagram story. Incredibly a pain in the ass on Instagram, but Share us on Twitter. Share us with whoever and wherever. Hell, Facebook. Maybe, maybe your maybe your mom wants to listen to the Dynasty War Zone. Hey, we'd love it. And we're up to 212 total reviews, man. Trying to get to 300 by the start of camp. So you can help us out. You know, go over to Apple. Go over to Spotify, Stitcher, whoever has a review function. Drop us a review and hook us up, man, and subscribe. You won't miss bonus shows like this. I hinted at it on Wednesday. And here it is. I want to read our most recent review. Uh, I read this one the other day, but it was so much fun. I'm going to read it again. It is from Forrest Redwood on Apple Podcast. He says, always pumping out premium content, always keeping me up to date so I can make crippling trades. Uh, 100 out of 10 
totally recommend. So Forest Redwood and everyone, all 212, good or bad, thank you for the feedback. It is how we're going to continue to grow this podcast, and we need you. Um, and then speaking of growing, YouTube contest. I'm trying to make this intro hella short. So uh, YouTube contest. Basically, we get to 500 subs by June 1. Everyone who's subscribed since, I don't know, since ever, we will get you entered into a contest to where I will host your round one of your rookie draft. We'll host it here on YouTube. We'll stream it to the world. You'll have it in video form to be able to bust the chops of any GM in your league that makes a bad pick that goes on to be a bust. You will have it in infamy forever. All you have to do to get entered in to have me, again, host your draft. When your draft is over, I'll review your draft. I'll give her a Mel Kuyper grade. I will turn that into a podcast. I will send that file exclusively to you. And if you want me to post it as a show, I'll totally post it as a show for you. You let me know, but all you got to do is go over to YouTube, search Dynasty Warzone, subscribe, notifications turned on. We get an email and that lets us know that you did. I copy and paste your name from the email into the subscriber note so that when we do the giveaway, because I know we're going to get to 500, you're going to share this and you're going to help me out. And we're going to do this damn thing. So I uh, want to call out the social media. Again, my personal handle at DWZ Memphis. The show handle on both Instagram and Twitter at Dynasty Warzone, same as YouTube. And if you're not on socials, I don't blame you. Uh, I never will. Send me an email, Dynasty Warzone at Gmail. That's how I get you on the Dynasty Warzone um, excuse me, the Dynasty Happy Hour contractor. That's a different feed, but if you're interested, that's how you get a hold of me. Dynasty Warzone at Gmail, and uh, we can correspond there. So there we go. Sub five minute open, but I do have one commercial before we go into the body of the show. That's Patreon. That's our Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Warzone. This is our community, and I say this all the time. What are the two V's of Dynasty? It's volume. And it's value. You're looking for volume and you're looking for value out of the players on your roster. And you should be looking for it from your content providers, especially if you're paying for premium content. Now, we know every podcast in the Dynasty space seems like these days has a Patreon and good for them. Uh, We support them. But I did a little snooping, a little, you know, snoopers going to snoop. And I did a little snooping. And man, I'm seeing Patreons out there. 10 bucks, 12 bucks, 30 bucks a month. Guys, ours is and always will be. It's just, we're just no tears, um, no tears in your beer, just five bucks. It's five bucks a month. It gets you in the group chat. It gets you one on one work with me or with Jerry or any member of the Dynasty Warzone crew. And we, you know, we offer a lot. We offer a lot of volume. We do a podcast every single week. And it's not about getting rich, man. I'm never going to create so much content uh, on Patreon that I'm going to be able to give up my day job. I have a good day job. I do this because it funds the podcast. It funds the banner behind me. It funds the streaming service that I'm streaming on. It funds cameras and mics and all the stuff that we're trying to do to make the presentation better for you, the listener, and for you, the watcher on YouTube. So, um, that's how we do it. We're going to be kicking off new patron leagues in April. We are rounding up the rest of the dues for our existing seven plus three devies. And I'm the admin for that. So it's been great. And you'll be guaranteed to be in a league with me or with Jerry. 
uh, my co-host here when he's not working late at night. Uh, you may even get in a league with like Dr. Kyle or Maddie or one of our other new hosts like Jake, Tyler, Lou. Uh, I know I'm missing someone, but you know what? And, and the, the group chat. So as I record my phone, I had to turn my phone upside down because the group chat's going nonstop. It's, it keeps flashing because everyone's talking about Deshaun Watson and everyone's talking about rookies and we're talking about free agency. So that's the big plus to the Dynasty Warzone Patreon. You're going to get a lot of volume. You're going to get a lot of content. You're going to get a lot of help. And you're going to get a lot of conversation in the group chat. If you're interested, patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Warzone. And if you have any questions, you can go back to that email, DynastyWarzone at Gmail. Ask me some questions. Come in for one month. See what it's about. If you don't like it, leave. But I don't think you will. I think you'll love it. I think you'll love the people. And I think I think you'll get better at Dynasty Fantasy Football while having a damn good time. Let's get into this, man. Let's get into the Dynasty content. This, uh, I don't have my soundboard hooked up, but if uh, I had my Stone Cold Steve Austin sounder from the other day, he would give you another boring. It has not been a lot. And I was listening to another podcast, and this was not a fantasy football-related podcast. This was an NFL-related podcast, and they were talking about that this is really potentially a sign of things to come. Now, we don't know that. The podcast I was listening to doesn't know that. But are these middle-priced players going to get squeezed out more and more and more? I was having this conversation with Jerry the other day. You know, the, the NCAA since 2018 has given us a lot of good, productive young wide receivers every single year. It feels like they're giving us 5, 10, 12 players, and a lot of these guys are hitting right away. And, you know, think about DK Metcalf a couple of years ago, AJ Brown. Before that, it was DJ Moore and Cortland Sutton. And last year, it was Justin Jefferson and Terry McLaren and all these young guys. They're really going to put the squeeze on this middle class of, of wide receivers. And what's coming up behind that group? Rondale Moore, Rashad Bateman, Devonta Smith, Jalen Waddell, Jamar Chase. It's not going to stop. So it really got me thinking, I mean, it's like the wide receivers and the running backs have really felt depressed in value. Now, some of these guys will still get jobs, and that's what we're planning on talking about on Tuesday with our guests, Troy and Linda. You know, we're going to talk about what's left, what's left on the bone for the rookies as they come in. But I do want to take you around a quick spin through uh, what's going on, and I broke this up in three segments. What I did was, is I broke it up in underreported and over-expectation signings. And those are just ones that I personally really, really liked um, for, for one reason or another. So the first one is going to get right into it. I want to kind of keep this one short this time. Gerald Everett to Seattle. Man, Russell Wilson, it feels like um, I don't have a ton of data, but I know it's out there that Russell Wilson has done a great job in his career of doing good things for tight ends in Seattle. You know, I think about Jimmy Graham had a couple of great years in Seattle with Russ. Uh, he made Will Disley look very serviceable. Jacob Hollister. I had big expectations last year of Greg Olson. Now, he got hurt, but man, Gerald Everett is a young, super athletic guy in his prime, ready to break out. And I love this. You, you think about the weapons in Seattle. Obviously, you got DK. Tyler Lockett's still there. I actually thought he may have been a cap casualty. Uh, they, they, they made a trade with Oakland to get some offensive line help. And they don't have any first 
uh, in this year's draft. So it's really going to be Gerald Everett, Lockett, and DK, and then a couple of uh, backup players. So for me, this was the number one signing of the Dynasty free agent period. I mean, I love it. Um, I would be looking to acquire him in super in Superflex tight end premiums or any tight end premium format, to be honest. I'm just used to saying Superflex tight end premium. What am I offering? Man, I'm offering my second, you know, in a tight end premium, as dry as that position is outside of the big three or four. Man, this guy's got the athletic tools and Russell's got the history of making a tight end. And, you know, if you remember the first part of last year, it was let Russ cook. And the first eight, nine games of the season, he was cooking. And then they made the trade for the pass rusher from the Bengals. Uh, Jamal Adams come back. He was healthy. The defense was playing better. And all of a sudden, Russ went from cooking to simmering. And he started simmering a little bit. Wasn't quite the same offense. That defense, they, they lost the pass rusher. I'm drawing a blank on his name. I know they lost a corner. Uh, this is a team that could be in a lot of shootouts. And think about the offenses in this league. San Francisco's got a good offense. We know what Kyler Murray can do. feel like the Rams got an upgrade, right? They got Matthew Stafford. So there's going to be a lot of points scored in the NFC West. And for those reasons, man, I'm jazzed about Cor- about Gerald Everett. My next guy, a little Freudian slip there, Corey Davis. Mentioned him briefly the other day. Someone in this offense is going to be good. And when I think someone in an offense is going to be good, I want the cheaper piece. Uh, it could be Denzel Mims. I live in a world where I'm 100% aware that could happen. Uh, but Corey Davis is, you know, top five overall in the NFL draft. You know, he's got that kind of pedigree. So he could too. Doesn't mean he will. So if I'm speculating between two things, you know, I got the one guy over here, get the one guy over there. Give me the cheaper guy. And some of our patrons asked the other day, you know, what, what would you give for Corey Davis? You know, in just about any format, I'm going to start with the 208. Can I give you my, my 2021 208 and see what happens? Because by that point for me in just about any format, the, the draft dries up. I feel like this draft class is very top-heavy. And then it gets very sketchy after about in a super flex after the second round. And I'll take a shot on Corey Davis. I'll take a shot on the, the kind of a known unknown. Um, he almost had 1,000 yards last year. I think he would have if he hadn't missed some time. He had like 985. He had five touchdowns, I believe. Uh, I, I think there's, a, there's an opportunity for Corey Davis to do some good things. So I'll buy the cheaper option in New York. This next one, it's not re- it's not really been underreported, um, but I don't love it. It's Kenyon Drake. Man, this just shits on the value of two players. It kills Josh Jacobs. It seems like John Gruden has never wanted to give this dude the, the ability to be the guy, like that 75% snap share, three down, back, and they brought Drake in on a two-year deal. This just absolutely breaks my heart. If I had to pick one of the two, I would much rather have uh, Josh Jacobs than Kenyon Drake. But he's going into year three of his rookie deal. He's not exactly set the world on fire. And if Drake gets both years of this contract in 2022, both of these guys could be in their final year of service in Las Vegas I'm not looking to acquire him. If I needed running back depth, I would look somewhere else. Uh, put a valuation on it. If you're desperate or you're a believer, I'm not going to kill you if you give up a second, but I don't love it. I don't love it. This next one is very funny, and I, I, I love signings like this that just extinguish the new hotness. 
the new hotness that was, that was Dar- Darnold Parnum with the L.A. Chargers. The Chargers gave Jared Cook $6 bucks, And, man, that, that's a decent amount of coin for a guy at his age. But they obviously want veterans around young Mr. Justin Herbert. They brought in Corey Lindley, the, the center. They brought in another offensive lineman from Pittsburgh. And now this guy. They want to keep him stacked with veterans. It feels like the one young dude that they want on the field with the Chargers is Justin Herbert. Outside of that, man, give me fifth-year option Mike Williams. Give me tried-and-true badass veteran Keenan Allen. Give me a veteran tight end and Jared Cook. Let's beef up the offensive line. You know, it really feels like they're surrounding him with older but very good talent. And Jared Jared Cook's still a damn good athlete. I don't think he'll do great. But if you have a Jared Cook share on the back end of a Superflex roster or a tight end premium roster, I keep wanting to say Superflex for some, some reason, man, you could do a lot worse. You know, he could be a, a nice bi-week fill-in. If you, get, if you have one of the big three, you have Kelsey or Kittle or Waller and one of those guys goes down, you could do a lot worse as a, as a fill-in for a short period of time than Jared Cook. And same with this next guy. This next guy is Kyle Rudolph. Now, I've always liked Kyle Rudolph. I don't think we'll ever see that huge tight end two overall season he had a few years back. I, I believe it was under Pat Shermer as the OC at the time. But that doesn't mean that he's going to do much top end. But he's a guy that could really push Evan Ingram. And Evan Butterfingers Ingram really feels like this is someone they're trying to push. I think they know what they have. They picked up his fifth-year option. But it's like it's put-up-or-shut-up time for Evan Ingram. And I think Kyle Rudolph is a veteran. This feels like a very Jason Garrett, the OC. This feels like his Jason Witten 2.0 with tattoos. Nothing wrong with that. Big Big, big fan if you're watching on, on Twitter or YouTube. I'm a big fan of Ink myself, so no judgment here. Again, same thing as Jared Cook. Bi-week fill-in. Um, maybe he gets off to a hot start. And you have one of the big three in, in a tight end premium. I play in a lot of leagues where we get 1.75 points per uh, reception at the tight end position. Then you could put a guy like Waller or Kelsey or Kittle in one of your flex spots and then put a guy like Cook or Rudolph in your tight end spot. And you might not be at a disadvantage at tight end, but you might have a huge, a monstrous advantage at the uh, flex position. So just just some things to think about. Uh, I don't know that I'm actively pursuing either. I know I've got shares of both on the back ends of some rosters. But if you have an owner that you know wants to get your 404 in a rookie draft or some some weird number, give it to them. If you need a little insurance, if you're a contender, but your tight end group behind Travis Kelsey is thin, nothing wrong with backing him up with a proven veteran, especially on what should be a couple of good offenses. Uh, as many of you know, if you're loyal listeners, you know what a Daniel Jones stan I am. So I like this for Kyle Rudolph. So I'm going to call my second timeout real quick, my number two timeout. Uh, before I get into some guys that I'm just kind of meh on, um, that's for Viridian Global. That is our apparel provider. Now they've got hoodies, they've got hats, they've got beanies, they've got they got all kinds of stuff. Um, they have one official new shirt already out. That's the uh, the Memphis. Uh, now you can get the Memphis Propzilla with a little picture of Godzilla on the chest. 
um, Memphis on the back of it. Uh, the new one, though, is just the classic uh, NWO-inspired DWZ logo. And on the back, it says, Working Harder Than an Ugly Stripper. That's what we do here. We're always working. When, if you're an ugly stripper, man or woman, you got to work damn hard. And that's what we're doing here. We're going to have the OTC shirt coming out. That means on the clock. I think you see a lot of that in your rookie drafts. So you'll see the on the clock shirt as well as the we're all landing spot dependent. How much of that shit have you heard lately, kids? I don't know about uh, Javante Williams. Uh, he's landing spot dependent. We all are. So you can have a nice little shirt, DWZ logo here on the chest. On the back, we're all landing spot dependent. They don't have to know it's a fantasy football shirt. It's just a fun shirt that you know what it means. Your fellow fantasy gamers know what it means. As you're cruising the strip, maybe you're at a park. The weather's getting nice. You go to the zoo with your family. You know what? If you know, you know. And if you don't, you don't. So head over to Viridian Global. That's V-E-R-I-D-I-A-N, Viridian Global. Dot com and search the Dynasty Warzone shop. You'll see all of our stuff, uh, so much good stuff over there. And a lot of those graphics are courtesy of my main man, Matty Big Chest. If you're looking to have your MFL League pimped out something custom, hit him up at Matty Big Chest. So here's my second segment. This is the, the group of signings that I don't think really helps the person themselves but they could help everyone else around them. Really a catalyst for production for others. Uh, my first guy is Curtis Samuel. You know, Curtis Samuel is heading to the nation's capital to play for that football team. And I know a lot of people are excited. And I started to have the Corey, excuse me, the Curtis Samuel conversation this morning on Twitter. And then I have to realize these guys that are uber popular, former Debbie darlings from the big schools, think Ohio State, think Oklahoma, think Alabama. I'm done wasting my breath arguing with these people. They're always glass half full. And I, I, I get it. You know, he's, he's super talented, but we're year five. You know, I, I could see where it could happen. It's the same story as I feel about Corey Davis. I see where it could happen. I'm just not convinced that it does. I've seen Curtis Samuel in this offense when it was North Turner and his son Scott in Carolina in 2019. And yes, the quarterback play should be improved with Fitzmagic. But I know DJ Moore, the role that he played in 2019, the 2021 version is going to be played by Terry McLaren. Curtis Samuel will be starring as Curtis Samuel, which is fine. He's a nice wide receiver three. I would love to have this guy with his speed and athletic ability on the back end of a dynasty best ball. Or if you're doing best balls right now at the FFPC or underdog. Man, throw, throw you some cheap Curtis Samuel on the back end of your roster. But I have no desire to own him, roster him, or try to figure out the weeks where he where he may or may not go off. Um, I think he's great for Terry McLaren. I think he's great for Fitzmagic. I think you know having another weapon like him will make Fitzmagic a, a serviceable and startable QB2 in a super flex from matchup to matchup. I mean, if you got Fitzmagic versus the Dallas Cowboys, hell to the yeah, fire him up. Let's go especially in Dallas when they're in that Jerry Dome and, you know, the weather won't be bad. Maybe your normal QB2 has a shitty matchup and you don't want to put him out there. So, But that's what I see of Curtis Samuel. I don't see him being a tremendous value. Um, I mean, if you want to give a second for him because you're an Ohio State homer, I guess, but I'm, uh, it's a no for me, dog. All right, Will Fuller, same thing. Signed about a $10 million deal, one-year deal. 
And this doesn't surprise me. You know, he's a guy, not only now does he have to prove that he can stay healthy for another year, but he's got to prove that he can stay off the juice for another year. Now, I don't, I don't mean that as a shot at Will Fuller. Uh, I believe that every drug is performance enhancing. And if it's not, your doctor is conducting malpractice. There's just some things that these guys can take and some things they can't. He should have known better. So now he's got to mind his, uh, his manners, be a good fella for the rest of the year, as well as trying to continue to shake that injury-prone label so he can try this free agency bit again next year. I think he'll be fine for Tua. Tua clearly has the arm. If you watch Tua in college, you know, hitting those uh, bombs to guys like Waddle, to guys like, you know, Devonta Smith, Henry Ruggs when he was there. So this could be a nice splash for Tua. Uh, it could open things up for uh, Mike Gusecki. Uh, I think it does hurt Devonta Parker a little bit. But as far as Will Fuller, I have no interest. But it does make things a little bit better for some of the dudes around him. Most importantly, importantly, especially in Superflex, it makes life for Tua a little bit easier. All right, these next two, you can't roster them, at least not to my knowledge. Depends on what kind of league you play in. Trent Williams and Alex Mack, the uh, the tackle and center signed by the 49ers. This is huge. This is huge, and, and for a lot of reasons. If you're invested in Jimmy G at all, a uh, bit of an injury-prone fella. Speaking of injury-prone, Will Fuller and uh, Jimmy G would make a very volatile dynasty roster. I mean, this is great. It keeps It, it just lowers... To whatever degree, I don't know, 1%, 2%, 10%, 20%, I don't know. I really don't know, but I know that having an awesome left tackle and an awesome center to uh, help keep these guys upright, it should be very helpful in the running game. If memory serves me correctly, Alex Mack and Kyle Shanahan worked together in Atlanta when a guy named Devonta Freeman had some pretty good years. And technically right now, Raheem Mostert is the starter in San Francisco now, will they add a body? Will they add a body in the draft? Will they add one of these other free agents? I don't know. I really don't know. But uh, I think it was a huge signing. So you can't roster those guys, but I did love that signing. Uh, John Brown. John Brown to the LV. Started to say LA, the Las Vegas, but no, it's actually the Las Vegas Super Raiders. Um, does nothing for me. Best case scenario, he fills the... Nelson Aguilar role when Nelson went to the Patriots. I don't know. I, I hate this wide receiver group. I really want Brian uh, Brian Edwards to break out. I, I wish. Wish it was saying if uh, wishes and butts were candies and nuts, every day would be Christmas. That's kind of this Oakland wide receiver group. Uh, if I had to put a chip on one, the chip I would put it on would be Brian Edwards. Uh, I, I don't think he's a redundant role. Uh, but man, it's ugly. I have no fucking idea what they're doing in Las Vegas with the Raiders, trading all their offensive linemen, cutting the other ones. I just, it's bad. It's bad there, and I don't get it. And I, I get that I don't get it, but I don't get it. Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, I don't mind him on the back end of a best ball roster, kind of similar to Fuller or Sanders. Um, I think he'll keep defenses honest, him and Cole Beasley. I think the big winner in this will not only be Josh Allen, but it'll be Stephon Diggs. Uh, I love this signing for those two guys. Uh, best ball, you want to throw a Sanders on the back end of your roster? Go for it. Uh, next guy, Jacoby Brissett to Miami. 
totally worth a speculative stash in a Superflex 2 QB. Uh, as we know, Tua, not the healthiest dude around. He had two of those ankle procedures that was called a tightrope. Uh, had to do with a high ankle sprain. And I, I, I could get Dr. Kyle to come back on and he could break that down for us. But then he had the hip. I would not be stunned if at some point in the season, Jacoby Brissett was not forced into action in Miami. He is totally worth a speculative stash. If I could get him for like a third or a fourth and just someone you can catch him slipping, I'm in, man. I, I, I'm in on him as a late-round pickup in a, in a startup. He might be on waivers. Um, I don't think he, he should be coming off of Indianapolis, but again, Tua, not the healthiest guy around. And this last guy is Fitz. And I'm still not convinced that Fitzmagic is the starter. I will say this. They're paying him about $10 bucks, but that's not starter money in 2021. Uh, last I checked, I believe Case Keenum is making about $7 bucks a year, and Marcus Mariota is making like nine. So $10, $12 bucks does not knock my socks off, and if they have the right quarterback fall on the draft, I could see it. The one thing I will say about Fitz is that he is the QB3 on this roster. Well, he's the QB1 of three, and he's the lead dog today as we record in March. Uh, along with Kyle Allen and along with Tyler, don't call me Heineken Heineke. And, you know, Fitz is going to be awesome. But I don't feel like that he's a lock to be the starter. He could. He totally could be, and he might be. Maybe that's their plan. But if the right thing comes along in the draft or during the draft, $10 bucks does not guarantee him this job. Uh, I do like Washington in the division. Uh Fitz will be good for TMC. He'll be good for Gibby. Uh, by the way, that's my nickname. If you start to see it out there, Gibby, uh, I, I've become lazy. You know, like everybody's A-Rod. It's no longer Alex Rodriguez or Aaron Rodgers. It's A-Rod. He's Gibby. So he's good for Gibby. He's good for TMC. He'll even be good for uh, Logan Thomas and Curtis Samuel. And he'll be fine. Like I said, you know, there'll be a couple of games where you can roll him out there in a super flex We'll see what's up. All right, I'm going to call him one more time out, and I'm going to wrap this thing up. I'm, I'm already at 30 minutes, so um, it's Hate Brand Goods. Uh, this is one of the best dudes in any podcast genre around. His name's Matt Vincent. He hosts the Um So. Uh, the brand is Hate Brand. That's H-V-I-I-I.com. If you're watching on YouTube, there is the website spelling on the YouTube and on Periscope if you're watching via Twitter. Man, head over there and check it out. It's very eclectic. It's very interesting. And this is something long before I knew, Matt, that I was supporting brands like this. Um, there's some ex-military guys that own some clothing shops. And you know what? I could continue to buy Under Armour and Nike and Adidas and put and help Phil Knight put a third wing on his vacation home. Or I could help these young guys, these guys out there hustling. You know, you know, we're trying to hustle in the podcast space to grow our fantasy brand. These guys are just trying to hustle to uh, grow their apparel brand. And Matt's a good dude. And it's fun. And it's functional. You can go over to my Instagram at Memphis185, and you can see me wearing these funky things. You can go to the website, and if you go over there and you see something you like, simply use promo code MEMPHIS at checkout, and it will save you some dollars. So again, the website is thehviii.com. That's T-H-E-H-V-I-I-I.com. You see something you like as you're bumping around promo code MEMPHIS. They've got women's, they've got men's, they've got accessories. 
a lot of cool stuff, and I will put the uh, the commercial in at the end of the show if you want to hear it from the man himself, former LSU track and field star and uh, Highland Games world champion, Matt Vincent. So, all right, here we go. These final guys. This segment I'm calling, They Ain't Worth a Drop of Piss. These are guys I'm already sure or dust, and nothing changes. First guy, going to ruffle some feathers because he's a very popular guy. Uh, I used the classic, if if you're a Godfather fan like me, I used the classic Al Pacino from Godfather 3. And by the way, it's not bad. It's not one or two. It's a little misunderstood. Godfather 3, especially the new cut they have on Amazon, worth the uh, three hours, give or take, whatever it is. But uh, the classic lie in that movie with A.J. Green truthers, just when I thought I was out, they pull me back in. And that's what it is with A.J. Green, guys. Just when you thought you were out, he goes to Arizona with Kyler Murray and they pull you back in. means nothing to me. If I still have this crusty creature on the back end of my roster and someone wants him for anything, they will get him. I actually moved a Julian Edelman share in a league. I was like, I literally had to Google Julian Edelman and do like a 10-minute deep dive making sure he didn't get traded to Tampa Bay or some other situation. I'm like, no, he's still a patron. Okay, yeah. Give me the 311 for A.J. Green. I don't give a shit. I'm calling this one Jordy Nelson to the Raiders vibes. This next one, Cam Newton back to New England. I know it's blasphemy. We love Cam. We love the big hats. We love the Under Armour commercials. We love the Superman pose. We love everything about Cam the dude. Cam the football player is cheeks. Skipping passes to people. And, and Cam fans, because Cam was so good to us for so many years in the dynasty space that we we just can't turn our back on him. Kind of the same way we can't turn our back on A.J. Green. I have no problem. I have no problem. I wish Cam would have hung it up. I wish Cam would have went to the booth. I think he would have brought a flash and flare to CBS or ESPN that it sorely needs. Those things can be a little stale. But you know what? He's bringing his funky hats back to New England. But an article came out today, and I don't remember the the author from one of the, I think it was the Boston Herald, who said that when they brought Cam back, they explained to him very clearly, he is not guaranteed to be the starter. Uh, I'm sure if you look in the Boston Herald or look for that on Twitter, you wouldn't take very long to find it. But even if he was the starter, this is a dude who had an 8 TD to 10 IND interception ratio. This is a guy who averaged 25 passes a game. No thanks. If if I can cash him out, what, I mean, what do I have to add to Kirk uh, to, to Cam Newton to get Kirk Cousins, to get Derek Carr? I, I I'm going to ask those questions. Um, what am I going to do to try to get Andy Dalton? Yeah, I would rather have Andy Dalton than Cam Newton. I think Andy Dalton's a little bit safer, although I think him and Cam and, and Fitz. Do you feel comfortable that any of these dudes have a job after 2021? I don't. So for that reason, Cam's name is worth more than the points he'll put in, in, in your roster. And it's not like he's not got injury issues from the last couple of years. You know, last year it was COVID, which is, you know, you can't blame COVID on anyone. But he's got the shoulder. He's got the ankle. He's got, he's got stuff. And his name is worth more. I would love to send Cam and, and a pick and just level up into something safer. So I know I'll get heat for the Cam one and maybe even the AJ, AJ Green, but I'm here to tell you what I, what I think to be the truth and not what you want to hear. Cam the dude's amazing. Again, 
I would have loved Cam in his fashion in the, in the TV studio, his great personality, all the good stuff that he does, his knowledge of the game. But as a starter on my Superflex roster, ain't going to happen. Uh, Mark Ingram and David Johnson. Find a sucker and sell, sell, sell. Uh, I don't know who you have to trick to get rid of these bums. Bums. Muhammad Ali said it. I'm knocking out all bums. I'm knocking all bums named David Johnson and Mark Ingram off my roster. Give me something. Can I package this guy in a second and move up to a late first? I don't care. If David Johnson and my 204 can get me the 110, if I can literally move up six draft spots in a 12, 12 GM league, hell yeah, I'm doing it every single day of the week. Mark Ingram, too. And I'm sure they'll have usable games, and I'm sure they'll do it on someone else's roster. Uh, they're not doing it on mine. Deshaun Watson, Bubba Watson, Rusty Watson, doesn't matter. Neither one of these bums will be on my roster. And this last one, this last one's a real bummer. A real bummer because I liked this guy. I think this guy's got a little bit more talent than he's been given the opportunity to show. But uh, clearly I have to admit I'm wrong, and that's Mitch Trubisky. Uh, nothing, nothing but truly Blake Bortles 2.0. Going to go back up my man Josh Allen in Buffalo. Uh, Josh, Josh Allen's a horse. But you know, man, much like we thought about Cam Newton many years ago, we thought, man, this guy's six foot four and 250 pounds. You know, eventually that, that style hurt Cam. And I'm not saying that Josh Allen's going to get hurt. But, you know, if you can find a bummed out Mitch Trubisky GM and you own Josh Allen, and you're a championship contender. Might not be worth just you know having the conversation, because why are why are the Bills bringing in Mitch Trubisky? Because they believe they're a championship level team, and they want a a backup with with good reps under his belt. They want a backup with a winning record, and. I'm not saying Mitch Trubisky plays just like Josh Allen, but he's a reasonable enough facsimile that you might as well keep a guy with his pedigree around, especially on a one-year deal. So I get why it works for Buffalo. I get why it works for Mitch. Um, I don't think he's going to get the Jameis, and he's going to wind up back as a starter next year. But one I was wrong about and one that I, I'm bummed about. All right, I'm going to go through this next group real quick. These are the guys that I've not heard a lot on. And uh, this is what I was speaking to earlier, that as the NCAA and these college programs continue to feed the NFL with so much young talent, it's really, it's really making teams want to go super high-end, Dak Prescott, $35, $37 million a year, and then a bunch of cheap rookies. It's going to be haves and have-nots from a financial standpoint. So I'm, I'm very curious to see where Kenny Galladay is going to go. Uh, it feels like guys like Kenny Galladay and Juju might wind up taking one-year deals. It came out just before I hit record on this podcast that Allen Robinson had signed his franchise tag. You know, it seems pretty apparent the market for veteran wide receivers, even good ones, isn't all that great. So I think it was very prudent of Mr. Robinson to go ahead and scratch his signature on that form. You got Juju, you got T.Y. Hilton, you got Antonio Brown. Chris Carson, James Conner, Lev Bell, James White, Leonard Fournette, Sammy Watkins, Todd Gurley. Man, are you going to be shocked if some of these guys don't get jobs? And are you going to be shocked a year from now if some of these guys are held in the same light as Devonta Freeman is today? I'm not. 
If Todd Gurley is not on an NFL roster in 2022, I'm not going to be surprised. Hell, I'm not even going to be surprised if he's not on a roster this year. He looked bad in Atlanta. I, I think his body has betrayed him. So we'll, we may we may tack on a few of these names on Sunday before on the rookie rewind with my um, yeah the rookie rundown excuse me with my man Dallas Hyder. We may cover a couple of these names. Remember on Sunday he and I are going to do a mock draft of all the rookies in what we we perceive to be rounds two through three. So we're going to start at the 201. We're going to take our top 12 off the board, and then we're just going to draft back and forth the next 24 picks. So there you go. Uh, Part ducks, that's part duh, of the free agents' faces in new places. Hope you enjoyed it. A little long, a little longer than I wanted, but I wanted to make sure that we kept you covered because, again, on Tuesday, we want to have a good time with our friends Linda, with our friends Troy, um, you know, talking about this rookie class and, you know, some landing spots and continue to prep. We're past free agency. Um, but until next time, I want to thank you for tuning in. And uh, I have no one else besides me. So on behalf of your boy Memphis here at the Dynasty War Zone, we are just trying to make the world a better place for fantasy football. I'll see you guys back here on Sunday. Have a great weekend. Tell us a little bit about Hate Brand. When did that start and uh, how are things going with it? Things are good, man. Uh, that started in October of 2014. So now, give or take seven years into doing whatever this thing is. And um, that's apparel company I started then and wanted to start making some clothes that I wanted to wear is really where it started. It start, and, uh, did it start more with you writing something first? Like, yeah, you, yeah. like uh, was it like an ebook or something that you put out? Or Yeah, it's, uh, it's a book. And then we made an ebook. So I wrote a book in 2010 of uh how to train for the highland games called training lab and one of the sections i wrote about in the book is called the hate and this was just this kind of personal philosophy i had that my brother and i had spoke about um just with athletes that we admired and it was these guys that just you know still on top still still willing to do the work to get better that it seemed their concern was always about them getting better to their standard and not about what had to do with anyone else so they didn't hate other people you see those guys get up in the morning on like 4 a.m. And it's, yo, that dude hates himself more than me. That guy's (laughs) willing to put in the work. He's willing to do it. And so from that point on, it was about like, I'm all right with getting beaten by someone better than me, but I'm not willing to be outworked. Hey, fellow Warzone listeners. My name's Zach Camps. Uh, I'm not golfing or slinging my hands a monster. I'm usually thinking about Dynasty Fantasy Football. A couple months back, I joined the Patreon just to take my dynasty passion to the next level and i'll tell you what well let's just say there's writer downers for days in the patreon the member you get access to the bonus pod where the guys take the filter off and talk about a wide variety of topics that maybe they won't cover on the normal show you also get access to memphis and jerry for one-on-one advice personal dynasty dilemmas they'll tackle them for you help you out with it you just don't get that anywhere else but i'd say my favorite part about the patreon is the uh the group chat Tell you what, these guys are some excellent minds, tons of fun. The fire in there is amazing. Great platform to post trade questions, debate rookie values, share insight, interact with some cool people from across the globe. You know, shout out to those guys in Australia. They're blowing my phone up all the time. You know, the best part is there's no Twitter trolls or Facebook trolls arguing about stuff they don't know anything about. So uh, if you want to enjoy your dynasty experience even more, win those championships, 
pause the podcast right now, sign up, and you can thank me later in the group chat.